Sup Webs, this is David Paddock, and you are about to listen to the first On the Road actual garbage podcast. I schlepped my uh, laptop and mic up to Gainesville to meet up with Ben Watts, uh, UF engineer du jour and fan of the website. We talked in a very conversational style. We didn't pick a particular topic for this because we were sitting on a porch and more or less having ourselves a beer before the big game, which I totally left before that happened, but that's neither here nor there. We ended up talking a hell of a lot about sports, which I know my fan base, if they're anything like me, would adore as a topic, so I'm glad we spent so much time on that. But Formula E is pretty cool, so shut up. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it, this seemed like a good way to experiment with the format of the podcast, because, you know, just recording it all the time with specific topics regimented in a sound room, standing up, it, you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting to try it in a less artificial environment every now and again, and this is the first example of that. Enjoy. Alright, that will have to do. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, no, I mean, that doesn't look horrible. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, I could turn it up, but I'm going to accidentally blow it out every time I say yeah, because I do that. <laughs> flexibly yeah, um, but that should be fine okay sup every peoples we're on a porch in Gainesville with uh, Ben over here and we got some of our local game day ambiance throughout this recording I imagine yeah expect plenty of beeps and uh, car, car noise yes plenty of that perhaps some hooting and hollering from the locals we got a very antique feel on uh, this side of town at least compared to where we normally take place. Again, my lab is in stark contrast to the uh, nails and real wood of this particular environment, which is quaint and nice in its own way. This this is the smallest small town feel I've, at least of the places I've ever lived, absolutely. Yeah, Gainesville's, Gainesville's a, a nifty place in that regard. And Ben has decided, possibly with his better judgment, to stick around yeah, yeah, I'm working on the the PhD, which is uh, simultaneously a great thing and the bane of my existence. So, yeah. um, it's rewarding when it's rewarding, and then occasionally there's some bullshit that makes it really not so much. But when it's good, it's good. But what kind of bullshit? What kind of bullshit? The administrative kind, Dave. Yeah. The kind that pervades every aspect of any job. So, I suppose it should be expected. I mean, you should expect it, sure, but um, is it any worse? Do you think it's any worse now than it will be when you actually... actually I guess, to back up slightly, once again, uh, this is Ben. He is... Yeah, my name is Ben. I've known Dave for quite some time. Um, we went to college together here in Gainesville. Dave left and started making real money, and then I stayed here and have been pursuing graduate degrees... I finished my master's degree a little while ago, and they enticed me to stay on by offering to give me a free PhD and free monetarily, not so much as far as uh, effort expended, but um, yeah. yeah, so here I am. Yeah, there's nothing honorary about that degree. No, no. It will be, it will be a massive release when it is finished, for sure. And um, it is in an actual field. Yeah, no, credit, no, yeah, so. I, I do uh, civil engineering, so yeah. specifically the science of concrete. 
yes. how we can make it better or understand it better, I guess, would be the best way to sum up very briefly what I do. Um, <laughs> and you enjoy concrete. I do, actually. Making concrete is... is uh, it requires uh, precision to achieve the output, like, the results you want as far as, like, weighing things and... Um, my two, my, my, one of my most uh, frequently practiced hobbies is kind of a direct refle reflection of concrete making, and that's bread making, in which both timing and measures are, are critical. So, do you call it soft concrete? Do I call it soft? No, I do not call yeah. it soft concrete. That, that, that do you is call concrete hard bread? <laughs> I would call it hard bread. <laughs> I do not. Um, perhaps I should. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can. I'll, I'll, I'll be at a I'll be at a convention in November. I'll start pushing that term. Now, guys, we're calling it hard bread now, and all these old dudes will look at me like I'm insane. Or they'll be really mad because you brought it and they thought it and yeah. it just passed them yeah. by. Yeah, no, that's true. They could be mad, but I think mostly I would just be ignored. Being a being a lowly PhD student in the world of eminent concrete researchers. Well, if you do start your own company give hard bread analytics a, uh, <laughs> give that a uh, give that a thought yeah. yeah so so we're in Gainesville and I didn't necessarily like this town but then again I didn't really explore it very much no we certainly like while we were both here we did not do a lot of being in Gainesville. <laughs> no, no, I basically stayed on campus, which was not hard to do. I mean, no, no. The University of Florida campus is enormous. It's over a square mile in its primary. Yeah, just in the area of where most things happen. Yeah, it takes a bicycle to get around this place. But, I mean, you claim, you claim, sir, to actually like living here. I really and, do like living here. And I will here. give you a minute to defend that assertion. So, um... The thing I probably I've I've fought with this for a while trying to explain why it may not be that I like Gainesville so much as being in Gainesville has made me hate Orlando. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair. Uh, the traffic here is not as bad. The vast majority of the time, there's like established. I, I think I think part of it is the part of Orlando we both grew up in was just like emergent sprawl. There was nothing in any of our areas that was older than. 15 years. No, and it was it, it was po populated entirely by opportunistic leave me alone Gen Xers. Yeah, exactly. And um, so there was no I mean this is a really stupid way to phrase this, but there was no culture to speak <laughs> of in suburban Orlando. That's entire I mean that is largely the case though. It it hadn't festered at all. Right, yeah, and and you don't as a high school student get to go you don't really spend I mean I didn't. We didn't go downtown and see like the older parts of Orlando and yeah. I mean I've been I've now that I have friends I have other friends who are who have went to school here and are now working in Orlando who are not from there and occasionally I visit them and they're like yeah let's go to this bar and it's like a, it's a really cool hole in the wall bar the kind I'm used to experiencing here in Gainesville it's obviously been around for like 20 years and has like 20 30 40 years has loyal patrons and like a established atmosphere and like you know what you're getting um, as far as an experience when you go there, um, but do you think do you think it would have worked in reverse if you had known about the westerly part of Orlando? Do you think your opinion of Gainesville would be any uh, would be altered? A, that's an excellent question. Um, possibly, uh, I don't know that the traffic would have been 
I feel like the traffic probably would have been even worse in that part of Orlando. Probably, yeah. Um, and I, th- I feel like having been to Miami on a couple occasions and, and you know, done very little other than drive there, uh, my I feel like Orlando is slowly turning into Miami traffic-wise, and it's, it's a horrible thing. Um, so a lot of it does end up actually just being... Not merely the closeness and the culture, but it is that the population is relatively limited. Yeah, Gainesville's, Gainesville's kind of static as far as its population size. I mean, there's a summerly fluctuation of about, a reduction, I guess, of about 30,000, 40,000, but... Well, and there's the weekendly oh, fluctuations, yeah, there's, there's, like in this the, weekend right now, where yeah, there's our, a field full of cars tailgating. Yeah, I mean, we're going to fill the stadium today, and that's at least... A, I mean, we've got 50,000 students, and the stadium holds 90,000, so... Being, being conservative, that's at least 40,000 extra people in town. And um, most of them are not going to the stadium. No, no. So, so a lot of people are just going to be chilling random places and drinking, <laughs> which is... Like out, like right outside this park? Yeah, no, this is, this is a nice lawn within our site. And there's people just, you know, tailgating. But that's what you do. Apparently. Is it what you do? Uh, mm, no... Have you tailgated? I have tailgated. I don't. I don't tailgate specifically as an activity. Um, like I, I will never be like I'm gonna tailgate today. Uh, but I will join tailgates with people I know, because typically that means you know, beer, some, you know, lawn oriented games of some type. Cornhole is a great, is the is the game of choice in Gainesville. You don't sound very pro sports, Ben. Um, you don't sound like you're with our team. With our team, I love our team, a little bit. I just, I just have I, my my, uh, and this has been a new thing this year too. Is I've kind of my I since I've spent my circle of of people has has shifted a bit, as far as the relative amounts of interest in sports, and so now I'm, now I'm just a, a casual fan, a fair weather fan, <laughs> yeah. as we like to say, and and commonly shit on. Fairweather fans, but it would be uh, probably disingenuous of me to claim to be anything else. (laughs) (laughs) But were you, I mean, Fairweather fan, you cared about, when did you actually start caring about football? Were you in undergrad? As soon as I, as soon as I got here, I cared about, like, it was hard not to, because it's, it's almost, it's quite, it's really infectious um, if you work at it, you can. Oh yeah, no, it's not hard, and I and I like watching a football game. No, I mean if you work at it, you can not care. Oh yeah, yeah, you can totally not <laughs> care. I think I think part of it for me is you know this is my eighth football season in Gainesville, so none of it is new. Um, our team has been okay uh, so far. You know, I think I think probably my biggest reason I, I, I didn't li- I really liked our old coach um, a lot, uh, Will Muschamp. He had a, if anybody's ever watched Friday Night Lights, he was like the real version of Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. All the players loved him. He was a great guy, you know, really passionate on the field. Uh, but he was a defense coach, and so, like, we weren't delivering as far as wins, and so they got rid of him because, uh, you know, the boosters are the people who fund the football program, and what they want is wins. And, you know, integrity be damned. Um <laughs> wins over everything else and so I think I don't really like the new guy as much and that's that's been part of my lack you know of his interest name? yeah his name's uh Jim McElwain okay but he was a he was a real he was a weird pick because he was like I don't know 
we're getting we're getting a little bit into the weeds with the football here, but I think he was offensive coordinator at Alabama, which is like a pretty solid. Oh no, and then he was he was a he was a coach for a year somewhere in Texas. I I think I I don't know. I but uh, it's fun to uh, it, it's fun to at least probe into it whether or not anyone myself yourself or the audience uh, knows that much about football. It's it's interesting to see how much you know, having not cared about football prior. Yeah, no, I mean coming here. Well, I guess I guess there was, this, there was the the most I cared about football um, prior to college. We had we had uh, we I mean we were both at every single one of our high school football games, and we have very disparate understandings of football right. from that experience. Yeah, I because actually, as far would, as I can tell, I don't remember a single game. Yeah, no, I I remember I learned nothing. I I absolutely remember um, like learning. More, I learned a lot about football while at those games because, you know, I mean, if you're not playing Stan's tunes, uh, I, well, in the Barry Sacks section was, you know, people who, who we had, it was me and, what's his name, David, uh, David Chinese person? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was kind of Latin, um, that'll work. He was a drum major our sophomore year. What that'll the hell was his name? Doesn't matter. Dave! Um, but, it, but then the next year we had me and Francesco and whatever, Nathaniel, this kid, and he was all, he was really into football, and, and that was when I started to learn how to, like, read the, like, actually read the markers on the field and stuff, like, it was the first time I paid attention to knowing what was going on in a football game without the a- visual aids that come with watching it on TV. So you um, don't have the familial side pushing that at all? No, I mean, we've always been, I mean, my dad's a casual sports fan, but he doesn't actually, he doesn't actually watch a lot of sports, like, he likes to watch football on the weekends, um, yeah. uh, but we didn't, you know, we didn't do it as much when I was growing up. Uh, Were there any other particular sports? Mm, baseball, a little bit, <laughs> but nah. Were your parents into baseball? No, my mom's not into any kind of sport. She doesn't like blood sport. <laughs> no, it's particularly blood sports. Um, <laughs> she she has expressed a marked disdain for blood sports in the past. Um, <laughs> I recall that. Um, <laughs> Do you share this conviction? Uh, to some extent, yes. Are there any other sports that you watch regularly aside from? I really like hockey, and I have a feeling I might be watching more hockey this year because um, my roommate, Sophia, who you met yesterday, is uh, she is very Swedish and very much a hockey fan. So, so Swedish. So we should be able to... And she's just fun to hang out with, so we'll probably spend some time at what mothers watching hockey games because hockey is really hockey is a very engaging sport to watch it's it's got the to me it's got like the best elements of soccer and basketball and like it's got a lot of back and forth it's very fast paced plays develop very quickly and you have to have spent time watching hockey to start to get a feel for what's going on like like the first few times you watch hockey games things will happen more quickly all of a sudden the team will have scored and you won't have seen it coming at all. Eventually, you learn how to read um, what's happening on the field or on the ice, I guess, in the rink, um, <laughs> in a more intuitive way, just from experience. And uh, do you consider it a more refined intellectual sport? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just fast. Intellectual. No, yeah, hockey's just fast-paced. Just fast. It's one of the, it's one of the sports where teamwork is so critical cuz the guy guys are literally they're functioning faster than they have like the ability to make decisions. Um, 
like consciously. It's like it's like you see the level of coordination that goes on in a hockey game, and it's pretty incredible. Um, so, no, it's pretty cool. Tennis has a bit of that going on, a bit more than some people seem to want to let on. Whenever David Foster Wallace, I may as well bring up his name and his initialism, DFW, because I assume he's going to show up a lot more often in these podcasts. I really like him as a uh, he. W- if for those who don't happen to know the poor soul, he uh, he liked tennis and bloviating about topics with rhetorical flair and he uh he constantly talks about tennis being watched live as opposed to um as opposed to on television because you don't understand how fast everything actually is moving without seeing it physically and even in a sport where it seems like you would have tremendous degree of control because you've you know Everyone fed on the on down the line. Nadal, Federer, out through the entirety of the numbered tennis players, at least, have hit a tennis ball a million times in their lives. Absolutely. And they, but the reason they have to practice so much in that way to perfect those swings is that they don't actually get to decide in the moment which swing to pick. Because if they don't know what it was going to be prior, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you need to become literally a tennis playing machine. Which is a silly way to... I mean, it's a really cliche way to say it, but but that's absolutely what you are. You react faster than your conscious ability to do so. How many real live hockey games have you been to? <laughs> um, not many. Uh, I have been to two or three, uh, but they were not major league games. You remember the Solar Bears? I do. Yeah, the Solar Bears. I think they're back now. They're a, they're a team again in um, better than ever in Orlando, but they're a, they're an AHL team, which is like the minor leagues for hockey. But as a Cub Scout, you got free tickets to go see the Solar Bears back in so many perks. Back in like twenty years ago, um, <laughs> twenty in, in the high teens. Yeah, no. So I went to some hockey games with my dad, but I had no idea what was going on. So you haven't seen one since your no, eyes have been opened, right? No, since since I developed the any kind of understanding of what was going on, I haven't seen a hockey game. I've thought about it. That's a shame because I would I'd be curious to know if that parallel exists between tennis and hockey. There, where seeing it in person, it becomes abundantly clear that the even the people who are playing the game are being forced to anticipate what's going on because they can't react. Right. I mean, that's that's. That's how goalies deal with things. Like, they have to. Like, all the shots that are almost all the shots that are made in hockey are deflections or just long shots where the goal where the puck literally changes direction midair because it's deflected or redirected by another player. Um, those are those are some of the most common and reliable goal scoring shots because the goalie literally just cannot anticipate that change. Yeah, it's too, it it occurs too quickly. To, to be um, to be predicted and uh, there's only so much you can do in that circumstance it's it's I mean goalies have the goalies in hockey have a pretty big command of the area in which you can score but they still you know the gaps are and, and then you see players that do do some crazy crazy trick moves and, and you're just like well if he can pull that off he deserved to score um, <laughs> no but yeah no I've always I've always been I've never really taken up an interest in tennis, but 
it always has been sort of noteworthy in my mind because I, I remember you having described it as the only truly head-to-head -head sport. Oh, it's the only capitalist sport. Yeah, yeah. It's just you and the other guy right, and right. Whoever, whoever comes out on top. It's also the most egalitarian, um, or I guess the least sexist, mm. because even though they don't let the women play five sets in the championship, they do get equal payout. You know, add money aside, there's not a whole lot you can do to control that. But, uh, no, I like tennis a lot. But it is, you know, it's just which version of fast you want. It's up to you. If you like teams, if you like one person, that seems to be all that is. Yeah, right. Yeah, there, there's there's few other sports that are as fast-paced. I mean, basketball's fast-paced, but scoring in basketball is like, it's just, a, it's like a straight-up numbers game. I tried to watch which basketball is, is, and couldn't do it. it like I, there was there was a point I tried to give a bunch of different sports earnest shots because I grew up in an exceptionally it, it wasn't that my parents didn't watch sports because they did it was that I didn't care about them and still don't uh, but I, right, I, yeah. I, I didn't want you know it's I forget who said it it's almost certainly a notable black person so I apologize for not knowing who it is but it is uncool it is never cool to be ignorant of one's culture I want to at least know for sure that I don't like sports so I tried to give things in order to shot like I gave a month I gave a month to learning tennis I gave a month to, to, for, to form a formula ball okay I have no idea what the hell that was but what I was trying to say was I gave a month to tennis a month to formula one and a month to basketball and basketball is weird because it is fast, and I kind of see the appeal, but the appeal feels very shallow. Um, I want to talk to Mitchell about that because Mitchell is way into basketball, what he sees in that sport. Yeah, my friend Andrew is very much basketball is really the only sport he sport he enjoys. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's always just been I, I I don't really like the idea of fouling as a mechanism in the game. Which I is, think that's the only part I like. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like playing the rules that way. I yeah, think that's an yeah. Interesting I just angle. think the game is poorly designed if that's how it's played. <laughs> like like they should probably consider seriously reevaluating the rules of basketball. But but sports like that don't you don't make major changes to the rules without. It's about the evolving metagame. Uh, yes. <laughs> is there an evolving metagame in hockey? I don't know. No, wait, no. This is bullshit. Because I've heard that there is some very strategic fouling going on in hockey. Oh, yeah, I mean, it happens. I just am not qualified to speak on it. <laughs> okay. fair enough. Um, I, I, would, I would say that, yes, you are correct, but as far as the details of that, I do not know. Uh, yeah, like, like, like a true representative of your sport. Yeah, I know. I mean, I like hockey, but I, I'm not... <laughs> I am not. I'm not a firm devotee of any any sport, really. Snitches Hockey, hockey's is, is just enjoyable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this has ended up being about sports. This is interesting. I I almost expected that. Yeah, we could. You know. You know the question that I always like for, and this may be completely not something we want to talk about is, what is the difference between a sport and a game? What? Where oh. do you draw the line? Um, because a lot of people have strong opinions about that. I, there's definitely a person I can name that has a strong opinion about that that I would want to be in the room to have this for. Oh, but okay. a game is just... I mean, a game, if we're going to be uh, pedantic about it, and we always love to be pedantic about it, Absolutely. I mean, a game, a game is just a set of rules. 
that's that's all you need for something to be a game because the game doesn't need winners and losers. Yeah, you, you don't guess, need players. Yeah, you don't need it's just a set of rules. Don't need any specific skills. Yeah, a sport's a little different. Sport gets hairy because a lot of people, in the same way that people try to use art as an important argument, where they'll say um, they'll use art to mean positives as it, that it connotes a good thing, as opposed to just being a thing. It's a serious problem for video games, where video games are constantly trying to be vindicated as art, even though that's not really, like, a goal. Art, being art isn't inherently good, and that's not a thing we should be worried about. Um, the same thing applies to the word sport. It's why there are a lot of arguments about whether things like StarCraft or Dota are sports, and why esports became such a hot topic for so long. Yeah. It's... it's a dumb argument, but I mean, my definition of sport is is essentially any game where it's, and I, I do require that my sports, within the realm of what sports, I'm going to just back that sentence up, <laughs> talking about sports, well, they are, they require an organic mechanism, um, I don't consider chess a sport, right? because there is, I mean, you can add rules, you can confine chess in such a way that it becomes sport-ish, mm -hmm. where you have timers and that kind of thing, but a large part of what makes a sport a sport is that it has an adversarial component where your, the way your opponent plays impacts the effectiveness of your strategies in real time. That makes sense, um, yeah. So, like, intent, so, uh, by that definition, tennis is a sport because you can have a backhand game or a volley game or any but the effectiveness of those strategies no matter how well they are executed is dependent on your opponent's proficiencies and reactions to those things right yeah by contrast golf is not a sport because it doesn't matter other than in a very completely psychological way it doesn't matter whether you're playing as tiger woods yeah, or not golf is the one that usually ends up being a sticking point in this particular argument because it's it requires a lot of skill physically to Absolutely. be effective at. But that's the sticking point only exists because people think the word sport means better. It's better that it's a sport. Golf oh, is no, just no. golf is just a competition. That's not that's not how I think about it. Yeah, golf golf you're playing against the course. I mean yeah. um but yeah. And unless we're gonna consider the course the opponent, which I that that gets down a rabbit hole, but you know, if you, for some reason you need to defend golf as a sport, and I don't know why you would want to do that, but <laughs> Patrick, give me a call. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, no, it's a competition, and golf should be fine being just a competition. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's no, totally, I mean, that takes nothing away from it aside from the word sport, which it doesn't deserve. Yeah, that's, that's really, I, I had never considered. Golf doesn't deserve it. I had never considered that particular perception, but I suppose it's pretty common that, that a sport is just more than a game um, to most people. It's better. Yeah. 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 That's... No, absolutely. It's got the romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent some time with Formula One there for, for a little while. I recall you said you gave it a month, which is really all it deserves. Um, That's, yeah. Uh, it, For, Formula E, maybe, but Formula One... There's there's many other racing series that are much more entertaining than Formula One, because Formula One's just way too artificially constrained. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it should be... I mean, to me, the, the chief social value of Formula One, which it might be difficult for people to even imagine that it has societal value, but 
it's a test bed for automotive technologies. Right. That's what it should be. It's it's like the space race for cars. Um, because we don't have a space race anymore, so we don't <laughs> we don't have a space race for space. Yeah, yeah. So we're not we're not pushing that envelope. So we have to we have to we have smaller fish that we're frying. Um, I mean, within those constraints, they are they are doing some weird things. I mean, they're pushing what two liter yeah, two, two liter two engines liter to sixteen thousand RPM. Yeah, and and you know eight hundred horsepower, and they've got yeah. electric electric turbochargers and they I mean modern F1 cars have a literal boost button which you, is awesome which is awesome because you just kick in the extra 160 horsepower you get from the electric motor and all of a sudden <laughs> you're just faster um which is really cool but I just wish it was I just wish it was uh like they they do silly things like they the tires yeah they the, they, the, they, the, the, the tires are a completely artificial strategy like they make tires that are deliberately shittier, as a method to enforce some kind of strategic element. I don't. Un- I really don't understand why they need to be that way. So let me sell you on a different premise. How about we add even more artifice? Mm. That's where Formula E comes in. Because see, you know they swap out cars in Formula E when at they the make moment. A pit yes, stop? Yeah. they haven't. They haven't figured out how to make a speedy race car that you can just like recharge the battery on without the whole thing erupting. You can't but just the, drop uh, the battery out and put a new one in. That, that's coming. I'm sure that'll be there in a couple of years. But this was the first season of Formula E ever, and it was loaded with nonsense rules because they needed to make sure that these cars weren't all just going to erupt into flames. <laughs> yeah. And they still did. They still broke all over the place. But um, Formula E is amazing because it is so fresh. It is so new. It's not going away. I mean, electric cars will oh, be yeah. powerful enough no. that they'll be able to stop doing street tracks I mean, at some point. As, if it continues in its current, you know, if it's never rebadged or rebranded or changed into something else, it will be the first electric, the first serious electric motorsport. Yeah. Um, well, and it's it's funny because you see a lot of old names from back in the day in Formula E from people who dropped out of Formula One and even Formula Two, which is totally a thing. Like Formulas One, Two, and Three totally all exist. Oh yeah. And drivers yeah. from those ones are going into E because. It's like their shot. It's their rocky redemption. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's cool because you get you get some of the drivers that are pretty good, but doing off the wall crazy shit. Yeah, that drank too much. There's only a couple in Formula One. Um, there's the there's one name. Pastor Maldonado. Pastor Maldonado. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one guy. That's the guy. <laughs> Constantly fucking things up, yeah. but somehow he manages to keep racing in Formula One. Um, They'll guess, pay him until. I guess he's he's getting points. So that's I don't even think he's getting points. Like, no? I think he's not I think he's not finishing races ever. But he is so good for the sport, he is like <laughs> he's the one name yeah, he, everybody he, knows. That's the thing. You need a crazy man in a car to provide any excitement in Formula One. And crazy Maldonado is. Yes. But Formula E is great that way because of all the crazy ass regulations they have right now and how tight the tracks are. I mean they literally they use like four-lane roads. They mm. just carve out paths. That's awesome. They are tiny. If you've never watched a Formula E race, yeah, don't, watch it, don't watch it right after a Formula 1 because it'll make it look like mind-numbingly slow. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's... They're a lot of fun and there's no way to know what's happening at this point because nobody... It, there's only a minor understanding of the rules and the kinds of rules they're adding just for reference we're not talking about like union regulation where they got 30 pages of things that are all designed to keep people safe there is a thing in formula e called fan boost 
So if, so if you thought it was cool, if you thought it was cool that there's a go button on the Formula One car, depending on your social media outreach oh prior to the game, um, fans get to go onto the Formula E site and vote for their favorite driver for the next race, and the top three get a fan boost where they get like an extra twenty horsepower for five seconds. Oh, or something. that's awesome! That's full. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 awesome because it's, I mean, five seconds and extra twenty horsepower. It's not. It's enough, enough for an overtake. It's enough that's for it. a single overtake, so it's not going to dramatically. But it's so dumb. Yeah. It's no, so oh, dumb. no, I love it. That's that's amazing. <laughs> the fan boost actually gives them forty horsepower for five seconds which i mean the difference there is still it's still one overtake thankfully it looks like for the second season of formula e which if you want to get in on that should be starting october 2015 so soon uh they're apparently going to make the fan boost not only more flexible but in general way way more powerful so that should be dumb well they're trying to reach out to, to fans they're trying to get fans by engaging them in that way which is awesome it's like, yeah no, my I think my favorite. They also have the Formula EJ, who does the music. Oh God! <laughs> I don't want to unsell you on it. But. <laughs> no, no, that's that's actually exactly the kind of pun I go for. But yeah. um, <laughs> maximum cringe. Um, no, uh, the only the other racing series that really uh, I love just for the silliness factor is um, Stadium Super Trucks. Now, Stadium Super Trucks is a... That just sounds good. No, no, it's already... You got... The name is great. I'm it's, sold. They're, they're effectively, like... Like, they're... They're like Baja... They're like trophy trucks that are... They're lighter because they only have to last a single race. They don't have to do a thousand miles a single race at a time because they run them in stadiums. They said it's effectively yeah. like big motocross. All um, right. It's like motocross with trucks. But what they do... Uh, there's two races every year where they put them on a street course... And they just put these big steel ramps on the road. <laughs> and they just fucking... They're just like... And there's no landing ramps. Because these things just soak up, you know, with, with... They have like 30 inches of suspension travel. So they can fly 15 feet in the air and just land on the ground. But they're, they're so poorly designed for street racing. They're going around corners and like the front... The inside tire in the front is off the ground. Like, they're just... It's ridiculous to watch because... Or, or they'll roll... And then just they'll land upright and just keep going because they can totally do that. Because they're how low's the center of gravity on them? Uh, not very. <laughs> no. So that's not a that's not a sure thing. No, no, landing upright is not a sure thing, but rolling is is pretty common. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 immensely entertaining, and they're short. They're like the street courses, the street races are like it's like a forty minute spectacle, which is you know that's that's easily digestible and hilarious, but um. No, I like that. I just like the idea of... Because, you know, you can take an off-road truck and put it on the street. You can't take a Formula One car and put it on an off-road course. That wouldn't work. Um, not for long. Not for long. Um, <laughs> I, I just like the juxtaposition of... This is completely not what this is designed for, but we're going to give it a shot. Um, the other thing I would always... Uh, I, I have, a, I have a, a burning desire to go to the... Um, not burning, but... I would really like to go to the Isle of Man TT at some point. I don't know if you're familiar. I am not. It is it is the preeminent time trial motorcycle race. Um, and it is one of the few events in modern racing in which uh, one or two deaths are expected. And, um, and, uh, and that's not why I want to go. 
Mm. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, it's it's because it's un it's completely like you've got guys on incredibly fast motorcycles bombing through the English countryside, like through towns with like they're and they're in like tree canopy tunnel roads. That the the sensation of speed. If you've ever watched, if if you if you get some time, watch an onboard of an Isle of Man TT racer, because they're literally doing 200 miles an hour on normal roads for 42 miles. Um, it is it is incredible. Um, it's it's one of the few events that has not yet been neutered due to safety concerns. Well, thank goodness I for know, that. I know. I know. I mean, there's something about like like it used to be it used to be that racing you know like spectator deaths in racing are unacceptable there's that's completely cut and dry and that was not that did not used to be like a sure thing um that there was going to like cuz there's there was a racing incident in like the 30s or something where where two cars crashed and rolled into packed stands and like 30 or 40 people yeah, were yeah, dead, no, were it was not good it was not good um but but long after the spectator safety increased dramatically, the, the the expectation was still that you know racing is dangerous, and you're taking risks by doing it. Um, so you know, and and we've tried to eliminate that, but I don't know that, and I mean, just it, this is a silly thought, that I don't wholly subscribe to. But there's some amount of romanticism associated with the risk inherent to those sports. Um, Romance is always tied to danger that way. Right, Which right. is what makes it a very dangerous allure in a lot of other fields oh, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, 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 I totally think it should be there, safe. There but. are only a couple of unintuitive examples of romance not <laughs> not encouraging backward behavior, I think. The only one that's coming to mind is uh, boxing gloves, which science, for the most part, bore out the romantic position that all that stuff should be bare-knuckle for the right. safety, for the mental safety, neurological right. safety. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boxers, kickboxers, etc. It's so much harder with gloves on. Yeah. It's very. It turns out, even you, if you do hit someone in the face, you're reluctant to do so unless you get them exactly on the cheek because you break your knuckles. Yeah, yeah. Skulls are full of bones. Yeah. And they're not any harder than the bones, or they're not any softer than the bones in your hand. So. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, science brought the boxing glove into vogue, but it. Uh, seems that uh, love wins out in that case mm. although it hasn't won out yet only in a scientific sense yeah mot motorcycle racing in particular has been much slower to adopt the the safety well i mean there's just not as much you can do to motorcycles to make them safe they're already like the people who yeah. race motorcycles professionally are already talk about a, a notch a notch crazier than than the uh, than the car guys um, i have i have i have thought about real hard getting a motorcycle for the last year and a half. Um, if you had asked me at any time before I bought my car whether you thought I was going to buy a motorcycle or a car first, a motorcycle seemed very, very likely. Right, and and I would still, um, I, I still strongly, I, I want a motorcycle. I like, I like the idea of having a motorcycle for Gainesville, because you don't need a car a lot of the time, and a motorcycle's a pain when it rains, but occasionally a uh, you know, it's thankfully it doesn't rain very often in Florida. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it does. It does actually do that. So, but um, like I already enjoy driving more and probably faster than I should 
Um, and I would, I have a feeling a motorcycle, as soon as I became comfortable on a motorcycle, it would push me into more dangerous, uh, into a median, into, yeah, into a median <laughs> or into a tree or, you know, I, and I, I was, I was real I was looking, I was just thinking about it again. And then a, this, uh, a video showed up on Reddit of a, they're like, this is, it was, it was brought up as an example of how intense, uh, trauma surgeons jobs are. Um, <laughs> And it was like a, it was a, it was a motorcycle accident this guy had been in, and it was bad, like, like heavily, like one leg traumatically amputated, uh, the other leg intact but with a heavily bleeding thigh wound, um, both arms effectively turned into hamburger, like, and I was just like, wow. Uh. <laughs> but was it worth it? No. For that guy, uh, they didn't ask. Probably they didn't like go I mean, up he to was, him. He, like, sir, do you have some, any comment? He had some pretty serious head injuries. I don't know that he was in the uh, in the uh, in a state to make that uh, call. But I'm guessing he would not say that it was worth it. I don't want to derail too much from this uh, romanticism, practicality, uh, duality we got going on here. But you have used Reddit for more than 15 minutes. How are you supposed to use that website? Uh, I mostly, mostly, I am a, I'm a net consumer when it comes to Reddit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, all, all I really do, it's a time waster. It's like, it's like a break between, like, I can't spend more than probably 30 or 40 minutes at a time on Reddit, because um, it doesn't really refresh that quickly. Uh, and once you get through the first, you know, you, what you do is, this is the first mistake you make when <laughs> getting into Reddit is you install the extension, Reddit Enhancement Suite which just rolls the pages together so you can just keep scrolling. Because um, it's a 25 links per page normally. Right. But it's very easily easy to find you find yourself um, down in number 386, and you're like, wow, this is all crap now. On any particular subreddit, or do you just look at the front page? Um, for the most part, I have, I have my front page, which is... Uh, I've got all the, like, not-safe-for-life stuff turned off because I really don't like seeing that. Um, like, like, uh, like, what the fuck is, or WTF, is a really horrible subreddit, which will, <laughs> which will just provide you, like, if, if you need a daily allotment of things that you can't unsee and are just horrible, like, and to imagine, um, that's the place for you. Um, but I, I, I do not like that, but, um... Now, I follow a couple uh, subreddits in particular. Sailing is interesting because it's pretty low volume, but the guys on there normally are saying intelligent things. Um, is is Are the things they're saying poignant? Are they experiential? They're, ex they they're just their experience. Like, sometimes it's, cool. sometimes it's a cool video of some foiling catamaran or something. Honestly, Reddit, Reddit does not really contribute all that much to my... I, I could easily not have Reddit at all in my life miss it not not even a little bit um the only <laughs> what, what value does it add then uh something to do when i don't want to do my work oh, okay. <laughs> i mean i mean i have a, a suite of websites that i visit to distract me from the things i should be doing um reddit is one of them but it's usually the last one um oh what's the rest of that uh so it's most of the gawker media sites Jalopnik, Gizmodo, um, oh. io9, which are respectively cars, tech, and science fiction. Um, those are very interesting. Uh, you remember uh, Geekology? I do. Which is still a thing and still occasionally posts things that are relevant. 
I've occasionally, I've occasionally they beat Reddit to the punch, which is, uh, which that's is always incredible. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the that's the thing that I don't like about Reddit is that you see things on Reddit and then you see them on, you see them done in a more, um, comprehensive fashion on one of those sites. But it's right. obvious that they're like, hey, this was trending on Reddit. We should write about it. And I'm like, ugh. So that's a little annoying. Um, Do you hate the internet too? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think I hate it, because um, I, I it is a fundamental core tool of my job for research. Actually, like, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's not useful. I think we all agree that I it guess, was transformative and it helps in day to day life. But do you hate it? Just like viscerally hate it. Um, I would say on a whole no. Okay. I do not hate the entire internet. Like um, on a scale from one to ten, what is your vitriol toward the web? Uh, it's like a solid five. Oh right, <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, I, there's there's social media gets on my nerves. Uh, in just that it forces everything. I think you guys touched on this last time. It forces or one of the previous casts. It just everything's more transient now. Yep. Um, nobody goes into depth. Uh, I, I think I actually am starting to hate the internet with regards to how it's making me listen to music. Now we're talking. Um, Spotify is, is... Burning your love shot. Spotify is both wonderful and horrible. Um, they've got this new thing that they've been doing for the last month or two. Uh, it's a Discover Weekly playlist. Um, and it's a customized playlist that they renew every week based on what you've listened to on Spotify. And it is annoyingly good at picking things that I enjoy. Um... And when I say enjoy, I mean things that I like to listen to, but are not really all that. They're not good enough to keep. No, they're not. They're 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 things that are great to put on, and but nothing that nothing that uh, triggers the. Um, kind no of, rushes. Yeah, nothing. Nothing that I'm like. Oh wow, this is something I need to listen to more. Um, how, how many songs do you think fit that bill for you? Um, well, I, there's a few that are very reliable in that regard. Uh, but not many. It's I could count them on. I, I I might I would have a hard time filling one hand with those songs. With There's, those with the particularly diehard ones. But in the, in the realm of keepers, the the songs that you were hoping that this discover thing would would manifest or uh, uncover for you, how many do you think fit that camp? Um, I would say two or three so far. If we're talking about songs that I've actually found from this service? I mean, okay, well, I mean, that's a number in itself. I mean, how large is the pool? What what size pool did those two and three go to? Oh, um, oh into? Yeah. What's the size of the pool that those two or three that you found in that service? Hmm. I'm, I'm like, my current pool that I know of? Or I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question. Are you trying to, are you trying to, should I, like... How, How many, many songs? do I anticipate actually hearing? Um, uh, it's, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase the question. It would be, how many... We'd mentioned, you know, songs giving you the rush, as opposed to just reliably giving you a rush, songs that have given you a rush. How many do you think fit that? Songs that reliably they don't have, they give don't have, you a rush? They don't have to do it every time, but they have in the past. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's in the tens. Okay. So I mean that it seems a little unreasonable <laughs> to assume you're going to run into all that. Yeah, money. no, that's the thing. Those 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 songs are so few and far between. Like 
that um, I don't know that I would expect to encounter them any more often than I do already, regardless of the service. Yeah, so your expectations are just astronomical from the sounds of it. Yeah, but my expectations for anything that's going to tell me what my taste in music is, is have always been quite high. I've always wanted that as a thing. I've always wanted something that always knew what I wanted to listen to. Yeah. Um, because I don't, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a good portion of the time I don't. I'm like, well, this seems to be good. But there's, I always feel like there's a perfect thing to listen to for what I'm feeling right at that given moment. And my success, silence. My success rate with finding that thing is, is minimal. Like, like some of the songs that elicit the response we're talking about will do so in almost any circumstance. Right. Then there are also uh, songs that elicited that response intensely enough that I abused them, and now it doesn't matter No, they don't anymore. work anymore. Now it just, they just don't work anymore. How um, many do you think fit that category? Mm, again, it's in the tens. Like, like, like trying to... A good example is... Um, uh, and, you know, you, you, you've heard of the Mum, uh, Mumford & Sons... Uh, vaguely, uh, yeah. No, they're they're uh, they took a great um, they 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 came on with a, a record about three years ago. Their first record came out maybe four, and it was a really uh, great new. They had a really good um, kind of accessible. Um, oh, that's my landlord. Uh, accessible bluegrass sound, like they they'd modernized it to a good extent, and. Um, their first record was was great. Like I listened to that in the car, to and from work, um, like uh, for a good month or two, and it was solid. Just like wow, every time. Um, but yeah. then, but then it, it just wore off. And then their next record was exactly the same. So I was like, <laughs> well, now you're less impressive to me, based on what you've continued to do, which is which is silly that a, a later record could um, have such have such an impact. Right. I think it might be. I think I'm thinking it might be a good time for a break. Okay. Um, no break, just because there's probably some people here who I should talk to. Alright. Um, you can do that. Sounds good. All right. Now say that. It's weird. Infectious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just repeating something I had said prior to Dave turning on the mic about how um, how doing this has made me kind of constantly evaluate the value of what I'm saying and not in an unproductive or negative way just like I now we took a break and I was doing it the whole time I was talking to Dave during the break I'm like is this something people really care about <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's very dangerous the value of and, it and is questionable yeah but. no but I'm, I'm finding I really I, I kind of enjoy doing this oh yeah um, it's it's a lot of fun and I'm not I don't feel nervous or anything um no. And it's nice because I really you don't look. There's no pressure. There are 20 yeah. people listening to yeah, this, yeah. and you know them all by name. Yeah, you don't give a shit if anyone cares about this because it's not. I mean, you guys talked about this pretty early on. You're doing it because you want to produce. Yeah, something. I, I yeah. yeah I want to make things. I mean, at some point it would be cool if actual garbage became just. A, <sighs> it would be nice if at some point you know actual garbage evolved into a monster that I can't stop, but there's no reason for me to expect that to happen. I just wanted to have a record of where this stuff happens, and 
I mean, I've had records like this before. It's just this is the longest lasting one I've ever had because it has some degree of social accountability. I mean, this is not the first website or second website or even third website I've ever had where I tried to put things that I do. This is just the first time that I have been either more vocal about it or included other people. And I'm still not doing much of that, but I'm getting there. I mean, you're producing at least one a week. Uh, if not more, I mean, of which podcasts? Oh yeah, I'm trying to deliberately do them once a week. Yeah, I, mean, I, I may make this a bank show. I'm not sure if I'm gonna specifically just put this out when it's done. Um, I'm not sure when this is gonna go up because I kind of want to just make it so the podcast comes out every Thursday. Yeah, it would be good to have. It'd be good to be front loaded a little bit. Just it's just got just stuff in the pipeline. Bit, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you back to what you were talking about. This is just something you do for you. Um, there's bread. Uh, bread. No, actually, that's not where I was going. Um, <laughs> there's, there's. So I like the idea. I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for artists who do that, uh, but it's, it's very difficult to do. Um, only, you can only do it when you're like set career-wise, like, or when you are making no money at all. Can you just make the things that you want to make because you want to make them? Yeah, the dependency um, on real money and is not, problematic, and not be concerned about the value like their value to others like there's a few bands that are in this place Radiohead is probably the biggest example because they eventually were just like yeah this album's free I mean you can pay for it if you want but we don't care yeah. and that was that was you know that was an example of them just being like yeah we're we already got a lot of money so we can just do whatever we want now well and from the sounds of it just by goodwill I mean this ties back into the Patreon discussion we had um the amount of goodwill that Radiohead generated, I, I mean, I heard about this, I think even separately from you, about their basically it pay was, what you it, want It album. was a big deal, because no one had done that. Yeah. Um, but being first helped with that, and they also already had a track record of being a reputable band, at least among oh the God. circles yeah, that, they're, uh, they're, I mean, that they traverse. Absolutely. They're, you know, Radiohead is a, is, a, is a little bit of a phenom in that they've managed to maintain really really unique sound like nobody really sounds like Radiohead um, Radiohead because Radiohead's constantly changing their sound but um but yeah no I mean it's it's nice it, it's nice to be able to just do things do what you want to do and make that thing I wish I could I wish I had some leeway with that with regards to time and and, uh, and woodworking um the other hobby that I would actually have if I had more time. Um, As would I. Uh, and and money. I need a couple more <laughs> saws, but other yeah, than yeah. That. You, you should get it if you're gonna. You have a circular saw. You have a miter saw. I feel like the table saw or the band saw. Yes, the table saw would take up too much space in that damn garage. I just I can't do it. Yeah. I want to be able to park my car in my garage with relatively little cleaning. <sighs> so unreasonable. I know, right? You you really can't. You got you know you just gotta the garage has got to be the shop, Dave. It it is the shop. <laughs> it's just there's a car sized hole that I can generate in relatively I mean, you've, little you've, time. You've, you've at least on one or two occasions seen my dad's garage. Yes, home, I have. And you want to talk about an interlocking puzzle work of equipment, like he the things he has done to maintain the ability to put a car in that garage and yet still have a, effectively a full wood shop. Are it makes it cumbersome to do specific things, but they're all possible. And he's he's slowly refined 
the accessibility yeah. of the different tools as time has gone on, which has been really nice because it's nice to go home and be like, I've had this idea for a project. I'm just going to knock it out in a couple of days because yeah. I can do that. No, um, you're... Your parents' garage is a goddamn apparatus. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got, he's got the boat in there now, too. Ah. He managed to fit a boat in there. What kind of boat? A, uh, not a big one. Um, <laughs> it's like a it's like a 15-foot uh, ginu, which is like a flats boat. Um, it's Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee. But, uh, he, uh, you know, and, and I'm There are almost, no flowers up here. Get I'm continuously here. amazed by that, by that, uh, like to, it would drive me insane. But my dad has more time than I do. Like time is not something that he is had because he works a normal job and comes home and has has plenty of time to just do things. And sometimes I'm like, Dad, how much is your time worth? You could just spend twenty bucks on this, and and it would be nothing. It son. would be resolved, and he'd be like, Yeah, but I can do it for free. And I'd be like, I guess. Yeah, that's that's, that's probably a good fundamental difference between me at least and maybe you I don't know about how your parents are with regards to thrift um, um, but mine are extraordinarily thrifty and always oh, have been absolutely um, I mean I learned to do everything myself after the fact I mean my parents tried to get me away from that to some extent they wanted me learning in school rather than in shops and stuff which totally backfired later on but uh, I mean my dad would never pay anyone to do anything for him if it wasn't absolutely required. I, he, he is a firm believer in doing things right by doing them yourself, as am I. That rubbed off on me oh, quite yeah. a bit. No, I, that's, that's, my, that's my only ethic with regards to vehicle maintenance because I've never, I've never been, like, we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we started recording. Um, we've never been... You gotta talk this way, man. Sorry, there's there's, there's, there's a goddamn bumblebee. There's a bumblebee that doesn't want to. It's just hanging out, kind of, and we're we're, we're nervously, <laughs> yeah, um, watching its tracking its movements. But I'll let Dave keep track while I face the mic. Yeah. Um, I'll just point at it. For but you. but yeah, I've never been. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not working. All right. <laughs> um, no, I've never. I, we were talking about how mechanics just it, mechanic is not a desirable profession anymore. And if it was something where you could make a real living at, I might have abandoned school many years ago and decided to do that professionally if it was less lucrative. I, I mean, for what it's worth, that's essentially what Jacob, my brother, did. Uh, he's doing HVAC now. Yeah, he actually realized that dream, which you guys have been throwing around for years. Yeah, I had talked about for the longest time because uh, I ended up when I went to school. I didn't. It, I didn't enjoy my time. At the University of Florida. That's I, fair. I'm sorry to say. But uh, I was toying with the idea of just going into HVAC, which is high-volume air conditioning, if uh, people are unfamiliar with the term, because that particular profession, it pays relatively well because it requires a mixed set of skills that a lot of people don't possess all in one, where they have to tolerate being outside, they have to be able to diagnose electrical, mechanical problems, and fix them. Right. Um, and that's... that's it's not rare, but it's uncommon to find people, especially nowadays, that have that yeah, set well, of talents. It's a very stimulating... Um, and it's a satisfying thing yeah, to do. It's a satisfying thing to do. Like, uh, my friend Mike, um, Mike Perry, who, uh, you know, Dave knows very briefly, and probably no one else listening to this podcast does, <laughs> um, he and I have been pretty close since we started building concrete canoes together, but uh, he... Uh, 
we were he he that's a goddamn sentence right there yeah right he he had just walked for his graduation we were out having drinks uh with him and his sister and he said something to his sister he's like ben and i have the same problem and it's that we will never be satisfied unless we're working with both our minds and our hands um no and oh yeah (laughs) i mean the value of that is really that it's just true I've I I think about it all the time that I really 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 enjoy working with my hands. Oh yeah, so do I. That's and, that's uh, again. I've talked about working with wood, like I do that shit all the time, pun or no. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's We're uh, reverting. No, no, no. Working. No, it's just working. Working with actual physical objects is much more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Like like. Um, I mean, I've been taking things apart since I was old enough to to do so, really, to, to figure out what a screwdriver was. Like, I imagined... Well, you took a screwdriver apart? No, no, no. Okay. That's, that's the most basic tool <laughs> for the taking apart of things. Um, no. so that would be impressive. Yeah, no. And you would learn almost nothing. Yeah, you're, you, you, I mean, screwdrivers oh. are made of clear plastic yeah. for the most part, yeah. so you can see everything that's going on. Oh, um, there's, uh, there's glue here, all right. Yep, yep, no. Um, Problem... I think my mom had called that I was going to be an engineer uh, when I was three. She's like, because apparently I, there were, we were on a cross-country flight, and I had a straw, like a coffee straw or something, and I was sitting on the floor near the window of the plane, um, methodically pretending that the straw was unscrewing each of the rivets. <laughs> um, like, I would, I would put the straw into a rivet, and I would turn it, and then I would move on to the next one. And I don't remember this at all. I've only heard... I mean, I have a very vivid uh, construction of what that would have felt like because that's how artificial memories work. Um, but, yeah. So... Uh, this this potential experimental podcast of having a bunch of moms in a room is getting oh, closer, yeah, you closer could, you and could, closer. You could totally bring my mom into the mix on that. Yeah, she, no, would be that to- she would be all about it. No, that, that podcast may very well happen. That's... That that's be, too silly an idea. No, that would be so good. Yeah, that's like a real. That's like that's good stuff. I like, don't. I don't know if I want to bring it fully avant garde and just have only them in the room. But I think I think a directed conversation. Yeah. Because it's funny because our our three families have been pretty closely tied. Yeah. Over the course of not in the same way, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been no, in we've, we've ended up like like. You and I are very good friends. My brother and your little brother are good friends. I was uh, really close with Alex Riley yeah. back when we were in grade school, and, and I knew Ash, and I, I met you, I think, at their house for the first time. Oh, probably, like, actually talked to you for the first time. There. Yeah, no, I, I think it's actually a two-order web in all directions there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no. So would... then we'll get, we'll get, like, multiple levels of this, because we can do... We can do the kids cast, where it's just all the younger brothers. Because all three of us have a younger brother. You get them together, and then you get the moms. I don't know if the dads will work. That'd be... No, I feel like all of our dads would just be like, eh, I don't, don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I, your dad can talk at length about many, many things. And my dad actually my dad actually is a pretty good talker, too. I guess the... Who, I want to do the I want to do the moms actually, yeah, the first. The moms, first. moms is more promising. The dads, but. the dads could work though. I feel like they'd just all be more stubborn about actually starting to com- have a conversation. That one would need a little. That bit one of needs direction. to happen in like a pub. 
But, <laughs> well, no, and that's the thing. That one would need some atmosphere. But I, there is absolutely something to that because, and this was a topic we were we were talking about before earlier uh, earlier on, is that our parents' generation is the one with all the stories. That's the one thing I always feel like yeah. I'm missing with these podcasts oh, yeah, is yeah. that I didn't like I lived. I lived an appropriate life where I was shuttled from gifted program to gifted program and nah, did man, well in school, but I didn't have, so I, as a result, I didn't have the insane experience of a SoCal or like mountain man yeah. or whatever, <laughs> or whatever. I don't even know yeah. what Ryan's parents oh, were doing I have, at the I have time. No, I, I bet there's a lot of stories there. I but, don't doubt it. But I don't know what they are. Yeah. Um. And they're just, their stories are insane. They yeah. sound made up. Yeah, literally they do. Like, we have such boring childhoods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, even someone with, like my friend Mike is a great example. He, he was getting up to all kinds of crazy shit when he was in high school. And I don't know if we were just cautious individuals. I mean, I know I always I think so. was. Um, yeah. Well, there was a lot of schoolwork in my life that was not in my dad's life. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I feel like we both had probably more restrict. We had we had a tighter. There were tighter leashes with regards to. I mean, I don't know. I, about, yes, I don't know about your parents, but definitely. Mine I mean, I had, a, I had a little bit of slack. Uh, my sister helped with that, but yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> but but no, nothing like what nothing like what our parents got away with. I'm sure. Oh yeah, no no question. No, it's it's a it's a very that would that would really be a. I think that has the. That's the kind of I'm like I'm getting slight chills from that idea. Thinking about that. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a really good idea. Like no, we may have like, to do that. I know that feeling. I, I know what a good idea feels like, and at least it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like it may take a couple it, of it cracks. May, it may be disappointing in its execution. Sure. Uh, no, or maybe not execution, but what it ends up being may just be. Um, I feel like there would be some startup to that conversation because I don't know that our three mothers spend any time together. No. No, that's that's why I think putting just locking them in a room I don't think would do it. I would need to I would need to spurn that conversation a little bit. But no, I absolutely I definitely want to do that at some point. Would you want to be in the audience for that? Um well, that's a good question. Um I feel like I would be a bad member of the audience for that <laughs> podcast. Um I feel like I would frequently I I, I have a tendency in conversations to anticipate what someone is saying and then like try and finish their sentence and it's something that it's actually one of my biggest pet peeves with regards to how I speak uh, that I'm it's what my current focus for conversational um, improvement I yeah. guess self-improvement yeah. uh, and uh, as you can tell from the way I just finished yours that's not a pet peeve of mine it's just a tendency no 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 um, <laughs> it, it's not a problem the vast majority of the time but occasionally people get annoyed and I'm like oh ugh. yeah um, but yeah, I feel like I would be inclined to do that, and I could easily be in the audience of this podcast <laughs> and just listen to it, you know? Yeah. I, I could be around. I think I could keep my mouth shut. Well, it's just, uh, <laughs> it, the, the problem is that it's not a matter of you keeping your mouth shut, it's it's the having you, it's the Hawthorne effect of you being in the room impacting what your mom talks about. The thing is, if I'm going to be in the room, that's going to impact what my mom talks about anyway, so there's already, there's already it's going to be tainted in some sense. So we may as well fully taint it, sure. By sure, just sure. having the whole. Crew yeah, I guess there. we, you and, me, you and me and Riley should be there. Yeah. Um, or Alex or Ash. There we go. Ryan starts with an R. 
Close enough, yeah, that'll work. Does he still go by Ash most of the time? No, he never goes by Ash. I don't remember what the origin of that nickname is. The oh. only person I know that still accidentally calls him Ash is my mom. Huh. Interesting. And maybe some other people I just don't know. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But no, he is, a, he is abandoned that. He tried to go for R. Christopher on... Um, some like that's what he is on Facebook, which is uh, no, yeah, I've noticed that. Um, I may have to bleep that out because he doesn't want that in. Yeah, there, that's, that's very in vogue, like in in like. But now he gets to go by old man. Like Riley. like, there's not a lot of uh, researchers who just have their first and last names on the papers. Yeah, it's always like it would. I would be J R R B E Watts or uh, or B Evan Watts or you know. Ben E. Watts. Like, there's always some abbreviated name in there. Like, like our one of our. I would have to go with that. My middle name's Elias, which well, is about right. as pretentious as it gets. D. E. Paddock. Yeah. D. Elias Paddock. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I can understand that. That's not a normal. That's not an uncommon thing. Like, like my boss is, uh, Christopher Charles, and he just goes by C. C. Ferraro, um, which is a little funny because it's an email, but it's not really that funny. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no the mom the mom cast, good old mom cast. <laughs> where were we? What were we talking about? I don't know what we were talking about. I mean, I don't know. just free rolling. We have been just free rolling. Um, projects, wasps. woodworking, music, wasps, large bugs, large bugs. The bumblebee's still hanging around here somewhere. I think. There was a wasp that just like went around these lights. Oh yeah, there's a there's a there's a, a small wasp nest right behind your head that's full of it's like just right there. I'm it, not gonna look at it, it. It's a good idea not to look at it, but it's full of the most docile wasps I've ever encountered. Yeah. Like I've sat out here many an evening, and there's just a couple wasps chilling on that comb, um, minding their own business. And I mean, I sit out here and mind my own business, and they haven't yet bothered me, so. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Because wasps are usually assholes. Yeah. As far as... I mean, they're like, yeah, we're, we're not going to have any kind of identifying markings that make us look more dangerous. Um, we're not going to... We're just going to sting you a bunch if you piss us off. It's not like bees, where they have like a vested... Bees have character. Bees have a vested interest in their own well-being. Bees do not bother me as much either. That's... I don't have a problem with... I, I don't tend to have a problem with bugs that colonize. Like, I don't have a problem... Termites may be the exception to that. But, like, I actually like ants. No, ants are cool. I like I like following ants around in my house. Yeah, they're always up to something. Yeah. Always up to something. <laughs> and they, like, make these little... Tra and they're, they're so bad at covering their own tracks. Like, it's so easy to figure out, like, where they're coming from. Because there's just... Once every four inches, there's just another ant that's just hanging out, providing like the mark. Yeah, <laughs> on the way. It's the to... pheromonal signpost. Yeah. yeah. Ants are silly. Ants are ants are interesting. Yeah, I've I've I had a, actually this is a good this I had a terrifying experience. Um, when right before I moved, I had to clean out my old apartment, and I had I had on the balcony. I you um. There's ramps that you use for working on cars that you just drive your car yeah, up you onto, and they give you like a six inches of extra height, which yeah. is enough to make a lot more things possible in many cases. But they, the ones I have are plastic and they nest together, um, and they've been sitting on my balcony for a year and a half. Uh, I hadn't used them up to that point at all, 
And while I had been sitting out there occasionally in the in the last couple months of living in that place, I noticed uh, some fairly large brown wasps coming, coming and going. Um, and so I was like, ah, I see those guys a lot. I hope there isn't a nest around here. <laughs> um, so when I started to clean the balcony, I was I I this was in the evening. It was already dark out, um, and I I started to I I, I thought of those those ramps because I'd seen a wasp go into them at least once and I was like I gotta be careful when I take these apart and I start slowly prying them apart and I see it's like sort of compartmentalized on in the ramps um, and I see Sectors a once, once, a, once a specific compartment had been like the flat part of the ramp had become visible there were just like 18 good sized wasps just <laughs> chilling just chilling in there and so I'm just like slowly close this back up um, have you used it since? I, I have. Uh, here's how I dealt with that problem. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so I need to clean this up. I, I was packing at the last minute because I hate packing so much, at, and I apparently enjoy the stress of packing at the last minute more than I hate packing in a don't we all orderly fashion. Um, packing is one of the stupidest things. Oh, it's horrible. But um, I mean, in the way people address it. Yeah. Oh, that too. Uh, yeah. No. No. No, excuse. big offender right here. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's no. So I was like, I did a quick Google search. I'm like, how to get rid of wasps <laughs> with household items. It was like I didn't have any wasp spray. It was like eleven o'clock. Yeah. Um, and someone's like, well, you can suck them up with the vacuum. And I was like, hmm. So that's what I decided to do, um, because they only had one way in and out of the thing. So basically, what I did was I put the narrow, like in between the couch cushions uh, yeah. attachment on my vacuum because it has more powerful the, suction at, yeah, with the that lint, reduction, the in, sucker, with yeah. reduction in area and I just kind of stuck it in there and started I could hear the wasps go into the vacuum it was like <laughs> but, but, but it was terrifying because I didn't get all of them like a couple got out um, but they were and they were just there like they were still like I don't know if I woke them up or something <laughs> but they were very they were still very like not aggressive and so I, I managed to get all of them and I didn't get stung but Ben do you have a calming effect on wasps? that would be an interesting thought that would be a really lame superpower it would be but I could definitely go into being I, I could be an exterminator of some type I can really lame <laughs> superpower <laughs> could also wear Thick clothing. Yeah, that was that was. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day because that was the last adrenaline rush I had. Um, was that experience? Like yeah. I was, I was, I was like primed. How I was, long ago was that? This was uh, a couple months ago, like okay. two months ago. It was a good topic. What was your last adrenaline rush, Dave? Oh God. Um, well, there was a bumblebee on a porch I was on, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was something. That bumblebee was very big. Yeah, I think there's there's a, there's a colony. Banjos. Ah, yes, local ambiance. That's pro that's got to be a Tennessee fan. Um, <laughs> so judgmental. Oh, we have we have a great saying. We're playing Tennessee this week, so the I'll, I'll keep talking, but I gotta look up the uh, chant of choice um, for for Tennessee fans. It's uh, something to the effect of. Um, Gosh, this is gonna be this is gonna be too, too much to find uh, no, on short notice. Um, we can edit that shit. It out. has to do with teeth and a lack of them. 
and incest. Gums? Gums is the opposite of teeth. Gums are the opposite of teeth. Well, are they, though? Yeah. Are you Here it is, here it is. Two teeth, four teeth, that's all I got. Stand up and holler if you think your sister's hot. Go Vols. So... There's my there's my dose of being an asshole Gator fan for the day. Um, That's we, very twentieth century hick. Because we all are assholes for sure. Um, no question. No, no questions there. If there's one thing I did get into the school spirit of, it is pretension. So <laughs> even if it wasn't for my school. Oh man, you can get into some. It's it's easy to piss off people being from UF with a few few well placed words that don't even really shouldn't be that big of a deal, but people people are very sensitive, um, which is unfortunate. But. Well, as an almost top 50 school, I believe we deserve that level of hatred oh, and scorn. Man. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, UF, UF is, uh, it's been fun being here for longer to start to really see the depth of mismanagement that is apparent. Um <laughs> Uh, I mean, As I, if it's different anywhere. I'm sure it's not different anywhere else. I'm sure it's probably pretty similar, and I'm sure the few schools where things are actually really well run are very are exist, but are few and far between. Um, we may have we may have lost our conversational momentum. That is totally fine. This um, is presently at I don't I don't know why I can't do this math, but I can't do the math on this. We've got enough stuff. Yeah. I mean, we could. We'll be all right. We could probably keep talking for a while, but forever. But the number of interesting issues, I think, I think it's been proportional to the amount of this beer I've had. <laughs> my ability to have stimulating conversation is slowly diminishing, um, which is not, uh, I guess, completely unexpected. No. <sighs> well. Yeah. I got a trip back. Yeah, you that do. I don't want to be too tired for. Well, I mean, if you're going to leave, now is the time. Now is the, indeed the time. The game is just now starting, so town will be dead in the next four hours. So dead. Um, uh-huh. Excepting the occasional roar from the stadium, hopefully. But It's yeah. true, we're not going to get a Ruha out of this. Mm-hmm. But that's okay with me. Alright. Um, right. Signing off. Signing off. Tune in next week when...